You are listening to episode 6 of the Sunday Shakeout featuring a multi-running shoe analysis. Hello and welcome to the Sunday Shakeout. I'm your host, Nicholas. This episode features a running shoe review involving all types, including daily trainers, speed shoes, and even some odd but amazing shoes. I'll be talking about some of the shoe's key metrics, how the shoes fit, how the shoes feel while running, and more. The goal of this episode is to provide listeners with a good base of knowledge on some of the key shoes in the running space and what types of shoes to look for. If you are new to the Sunday Shakeout, this show features guest interviews, training analysis and tips, gear reviews, and more. With tips for beginning, intermediate, and advanced runners alike, listeners will be provided with insightful information that will help them get faster, stay injury-free, and be happy. Running shoes are arguably the most important piece of gear you can have as a runner, and for me, they are the first thing I think of when I'm packing my bag for a race. Shoes also keep you injury-free and can provide... Uh, a variety of purposes in your training, like run long runs, uh, running easy, or going fast. However, there's a cornucopia of shoes on the market, meaning that sometimes it is hard to choose which one to buy, or multiple shoes. So with the right advice and recommendations, your running can go further than you ever thought possible. So without further ado, please enjoy a multi-running shoe review. Okay, so I want to start off by saying a disclaimer here. I'm not a official running shoe expert by any means. Um, if you really want to get some running shoes, uh, I suggest going into the store, a running shoe store, like an official one, and getting some advice from the experts because everybody's feet are different and so it's important to find what works for you. However, uh, I think that sometimes there are a lot of similarities that people might have between shoes. Uh, some people might like uh, have similarities between like the shoes they like so i'm giving you some of my shoes that i love and that other people have loved uh and that might you might love as well so let's start with daily trainers um again these categories uh it's kind of what works best for you but uh different people might have different opinions on what category these shoes fit in uh but for me uh we're going to talk about daily trainers and which shoes they are so Let's start with the Nike ZoomX Invincible Run Flying It 2. Uh, it's basically, it's $180, and the, this price is when it originally came out, so you could probably find it in the store for around like $150, maybe even less. Uh, it has a 9mm drop, so like the heel to toe drop in the shoe, and it has more foam in the midsole than the Invincible Run Flying It 1. Uh, and certainly more co- cushioning than the forefoot, so like a lot more stability there. And what's very interesting about the Invincibles is they use the same foam as the Alphafly and the Vaporfly. So they use the, the ZoomX foam, which makes it like super bouncy and cushy and really comfortable. And then also the Flyknit upper, uh, which is uh, the type of upper that Nike uses, makes the shoe a lot more ventilated, which helps with your running. And then on the bottom, we have some uh, waffle rubber, uh, which is, it's pretty, it, it's very durable. Like uh, if you took it out on any run, like it doesn't wear down that fast. I'll, although I will say the, the rubber on the shoe, uh, it could be better. Like the, the uh, it doesn't, the work, the rubber doesn't work as well as like the continental rubber from like Adidas, but still pretty good. But uh, the shoe where it really comes in is ex- it's extremely durable, at least for me. Like I've put almost 200 miles on the shoe and there are barely any signs of wear, so that's really impressive, but, uh, now let's talk about the fit, so we talked about, like, the key stats, uh, personally, it was a little too spacious for my foot, 
uh, when I first bought it. I think I bought like a nine or a nine and a half in like women's because I, <laughs> I wear women's sizing. But I have to use like a half runner's knot to keep it tight on my heel. Uh, that way like my heel doesn't like slip up. But I mean, overall the heels have, it's pretty comfortable on this shoe. Like if you can get it laced correctly, uh, it, it's really comfortable. Like you won't feel like beat up uh, at the end of your run. And it's really relatively easy to get on and off. Maybe this is just cause it's like a little spacious. It's not really true to size, but it's still pretty easy to get on and off. But my main complaint with this, uh, with the fit of the shoe is that like the laces are often fine, but like, like sometimes on different runs, like I'd say like 50% of my easy runs, they might come undone within like the first mile. So I have to like retie them. So that's kind of a, a problem. Maybe they're just not long enough when I do the runners not, but that's, that's my experience. So that's the fit. Um, let's talk about like how they run. So I'd say from the first run I did when I bought them in Arizona, uh, and I did a treadmill run in the hotel, uh, they were very bouncy and cushy. Like it was like, six o'clock in the morning and when i did my run and i was just like i was enjoying it like normally in early morning runs i hate them but this made it actually pretty fun so they're very bouncy and cushy and throughout my training they've saved my legs especially if i did a hard workout prior the day before and my legs are super sore they saved them they flushed out like the the bad stuff in them uh or they really like help my legs uh be ready for a hard workout the next day and even though they save my legs at the same time, it's very responsive and somewhat like bouncy, like I said, because uh, of the ZoomX foam that they use. And uh, the ZoomX foam, like I said, it's in the AlphaFly and Vaporfly. And the AlphaFly and Vaporfly, if you don't know, these are like Nike's premier racing shoes. So like they're meant to, they're pretty lightweight. Well, the AlphaFly is not that like that lightweight, but the Vaporfly is pretty lightweight and they're meant to go fast. Like the AlphaFly is marathon shoe normally, half marathon shoe. Vaporfly, you can probably use it for almost any race. So. Yeah, if you can compete with that, then you're doing pretty good. But uh, my sh this is kind of like my shoe of choice, honestly. Like if you're gonna, if you're gonna get a shoe that's gonna, if you have a two shoe rotation, and you have a shoe for like easy runs and long runs, this would be like the the shoe for it. It's really like it feels like I'm running on clouds. Obviously, it saved my saves my legs. And after a long run of 10 miles, my legs felt like pretty much the same they did at the start of the run. So so really good. But I wouldn't get this if this is just like a a one shoe rotation. I'd only get it if you were having like two shoes or more because it's more of a comfort shoe. How I mean, it could still be used for daily training because of the ZoomX film. It's pretty responsive, but it's it's not meant for going fast. Like if you were to go fast, if you wanted a one shoe rotation uh, and you wanted a Nike shoe, you need the Nike Pegasus 39. That's probably or any like pegasus probably the pegasus 37 or pegasus 39 but that's just my two cents or you could get the pegasus turbo next nature which i haven't tried but that's probably pretty good and also this shoe has pretty sick colorways as well uh i mean i first bought like this really weird neon colorway it's like kind of pink kind of uh yellow kind of green and i didn't like it obviously i'm more of like uh masculine colors so i didn't like it that much but then it kind of grew on me a little bit so i mean just just whatever works for you but i recommend it to anybody the nike invincible runs to anybody who wants like a plush and comfy shoe that saves legs and anybody who just wants to enjoy running in general i think it's a great support shoe um but yeah that's what worked for me oh and also like many of the great runners in this world have liked it like charles hicks uh stanford runner 
Uh, he obviously they get sponsored by Nike, but he loves the Invincibles, as he says on his YouTube channel. Uh, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, he uses it a lot. I'm sure Kipchoge does. Uh, so yeah, like if you're gonna go for a Nike shoe, this is probably one of the main ones you're gonna go for. Okay, so next is a shoe probably pretty popular in the world of running, but maybe not so much by like some of the great runners because uh, it's a Brooks shoe. <laughs> Brooks are great. I mean, they do a great job of like providing solid shoes that get the job done, but they don't like stand out. So if you're going to buy a Brooks shoe, it's probably pretty reliable, but it's probably not going to be as good as something like a Nike. Uh, personally, that's just my opinion. But uh, we're talking about the Brooks Adrenaline GTS 22. Some key stats is $140. I think when I bought it was like $160, but from what I found, it's $140. It has a 14.7 millimeter drop, and it's basically Brooks' go-to stability shoe with the uh, the GTS technology and the guide rails. It doesn't sound like guardrails, but <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, there's lots of rubber on the bottom of the shoe, making it very durable. However, this rubber and the heavy foam also makes it, and also the stability features, makes it a very heavy shoe as well. The fit, very true to size when I got the shoe out of the box and I tried it on at Fleet Feet. It was ready to go and I was, I was pumped. And then it's very, it's pretty easy to get on and off, I found. If you do the runner's knot, it's a little more difficult, but it's still pretty good. Uh, I find that the toe box uh, in the front, it's the perfect width uh, for pretty much for my foot. I kind of like a medium-sized foot, not too wide, not too narrow, but the laces were also fine. Like, just average good good upper. Like, I liked it. Uh, like an A-plus upper for me. However, it's a, it's a pretty stiff shoe. Um, for me, like, I'm more of a person, like, I'm pretty light around like 85 to 90 pounds maybe around 100 i don't know i haven't weighed myself in a while but it was a very stiff shoe for me and since i'm lightweight it wasn't very fast at all because it's not lightweight uh however i would say though like it saves the legs uh and it's very stable but it doesn't have the responsiveness of the invincible runs uh but i mean if you're just somebody who likes to run fun it's a reliable daily trainer and um for seattle weather where it gets kind of like really rainy in the winter and it, you can go on hilly terrain uh it's it's pretty good in any weather but my main complaint is again it's very stiff and my legs kind of fell asleep after fall asleep after like a run especially like an easy run or like a shakeout where you're just kind of going super slow in the invincibles if i were to do a shakeout my legs would feel pretty alive after the run because of the responsive foam but the lack of responsiveness just makes falls makes my feet fall asleep in my legs but I will say that it's a great shoe for uh, for long runs and some easy stuff uh, overall. But uh, in the rotation, I'd say it's a good daily trainer. It's good. Notice I didn't say great or excellent. I said just good. Like if I were to get, I'd be fine if I got the shoe again. But I definitely choose something else. Uh, I went to Fleet Feet, and I think if you go to Fleet Feet and you ask for a trainer, this is probably what they're gonna give you. Especially saying most people are gonna overpronate. But for me personally, when I've gotten to Fleet Feed, they've always recommended like the Brooks stuff. So, but that's just me. But it has great stability features, which makes it good for overpronators. However, I'm like an underpronator, so it wasn't very good for me. But uh, the GTS guide rails, it's, I mean, it's very innovative. So like if you're an overpronator, like I said, you're great. But for underpronators or like neutral runners, I suggest the Brooks Ghost 14, which is another Brooks shoe for Brooks fans. But because uh, it's a lot less weight, but, you know, that's just me. But it's not an all-around shoe, and it can't really go that fast. Like, I can maybe do some strides in them, but my legs just don't, can't go fast. But 
for recommendation, I'd say like for any Brooks fan who's like an overpronator looking for a solid shoe or a heel striker because it has a lot of support, it'll fix your feet, I guess. Uh, a lot of slower running, I'd say. If you're gonna like try to get an, if you're just doing a whole bunch of easy stuff, go ahead. But if you're going like long or you're trying to go a little fast, actually like long is fine too. But if you're just trying to go fast, then no, don't buy this shoe. But I would say it's a very, very popular Brooks shoe. So. If you go to Fleet Feet, they might recommend this, but, you know, or any other running shoe store, but that's just my two cents. Okay, so I consider those two shoes, the uh, Nike ZoomX Invincible Run, Flyknit 2, uh, and the Brooks Journal GTS. I call those more support shoes slash, slash stability shoes, and I know I put them under daily trainers, but for me, this is kind of where the magic of daily training comes in. We're going to talk about the Hoka Mach 5. I'd say it's a little under the radar, honestly, for a shoe. Um, I'd say like Hoka, they've always been known, at least from my perspective, for their Clifton's and their Bondi's. I don't say, I wouldn't say many people have the Mach 5, therefore I think it's pretty underrated. But key stats, $140, so that's how I bought it. Like for the Brooks and the Nikes, they were pretty expensive uh, when they first came out, but this $140, still kind of pricey, but not as bad. Uh, has a five millimeter drop and it's considered Hoka's like performance daily trainer. They can do a little bit of everything. It can be kind of a trusty threshold shoe where you could do some like threshold and some tempos in it. You might even be able to pick up the pace to like 10K to 5K base. Or of course you could do, a, it's a su superb, like superb, superb on the slow runs and the long runs. Um, and part of the reason why it's super fast, like I mentioned earlier, is because the midsole has the Profly Plus foam, which if you look up a picture on the internet of it, that's like half the sole, which is actually pretty funny. But uh, I love the color of it on my shoe. I actually think the purple looks kind of cool, but uh, it's snappy and bouncy. It makes the shoe very stable and very flexible. Actually, the outsole just makes it flexible, but it's very stable. Um, okay, my one complaint about like the key stats of this shoe is the outsole. It's Hoka's rubberized foam, which is very innovative. Don't get me wrong. It makes it like way less and it often makes it feel more comfortable. Problem is it's less durable and grippy. It's very slippery in wet conditions. So for example, in Seattle, you could probably only go around like summertime for uh, the Hoka Mach 5. And I could only put around 250 miles in this shoe before I had to give it up. But I will say though, for $140, it's a shoe that even if you only put $250 or less, because I'm kind of a lighter person, so you might only be able to put less. But if you buy it and you like any of a similar foot gate to me, it's it's worth the buy. Uh, the fit, it's true to size. It's very uh, it's a very roomy toe box, which is good. I have an average foot, like not too sh narrow, not too wide, but for wide feet people, like and believe in the run, I know how they have this guy named Widefoot Jared. He loved this shoe, personally, I think. Uh, it has great forefoot lockdown, like on the upper. Uh, it really keeps my foot in place. And it has a great heel counter in the back to also keep my heel in the place. It has like this tall, uh, this very tall heel counter. It kind of sticks out. It's, it's kind of like the signature of the shoe, in my opinion. But if you looked up a picture of the Hogmock 5 on the internet, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, because of the outsole and the profile plus foam it's flexible like a gymnast now all trainers are supposed to be like this but for some reason these mock this mock 5 it's just super flexible okay now let's talk about the run and i just can't stop talking about this shoe but the first thing i said to my dad when i got back from my first run in this shoe i had been injured for the last two weeks when i got the shoe i said hoka made a good shoe and 
I felt fine. Like I was dealing with calf problems, hamstring problems, all of the above. And when I went on this four mile run, I think, I was feeling like fire, man, that was amazing. It was super lightweight and bouncy, and it's still, well, well, I guess I retired it, but it was super lightweight and bouncy. It's surprisingly generous to legs. Uh, it's great for easy runs and long runs. However, I would say for the easy stuff, it's uh, if you're gonna get like a two shoe rotation, I'd recommend the Invincibles for like easy stuff over this, but for one shoe stuff, Mach 5 is probably gonna be at the top of your list. Uh, and it seems like it always has an extra gear, like you think, oh, this shoe is just all for these like slow and long runs. No, 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 you can flip a switch and all of a sudden you can do speed workouts in it. Like, I've done a whole bunch of threshold stuff in it, I've even done some like 400, some uh, mile repeats. Uh, and I even raced some like cross-country stuff on it like some short like mile and a half races and it's it works really well um, I'd say the downside is um, I bought the white colorway don't do it the shoe gets super easily or super dirty super easily uh, Especially if you get the white so that's kind of the main downside and then also rain bullies this shoe It's super slippery in the rain and in Seattle. Like I said, it's only a summertime shoe so my main recommendation for this shoe is for runners looking for a, uh, of all types looking for like a solid all-arounder and personally you won't regret it so yeah okay so personally uh at least this is how i see it those three shoes that we just reviewed the adrenalines the mach fives and the invincibles those are the uh the daily trainers um slightly different but now we're going into the speed shoe so the speed shoe is more of a shoe you can do like uh you can kind of do some faster stuff in it. Like it's meant for going like threshold stuff. It's meant for going, uh, it's meant for going. You could probably race in it. You could do some 400s. You can do a little bit of all fast stuff in it. Uh, now it is debatable. Some shoes are good. Uh, some speed shoes are good going slow, but some aren't. So it's kind of just uh, finding what, what works best for you. But yeah. So first speed shoe that we're going to talk about today is the Saucony Endorphin Speed 2. Key stats. I'd say it was... It was $160, I think, but now it's lower, especially since the Speed 3 came out, which we'll be talking about in a bit. It is an 8.1 millimeter drop, and it's Saucony's, like, speed training shoe. Uh, and it's che a cheaper race shoe than the Pro if you were going to use this. So, like, the Saucony also uh, released the Saucony Endorphin Pro, which is technically their racing shoe. But I will say the Saucony Endorphin Speed can complement it, and it's almost as good as a race shoe. Uh, the great thing about the Speed 2 is it can also be used as an all-arounder uh, due to its generous nylon slash TPU plate in the middle. Kind of just like TPU plastic, whatever, nylon plastic, whatever. So that's the plate compared to the Pro. The Pro has like a, a carbon a carbon plate, sorry. Uh, all the all those great racing shoes like the Vaporflies, the Metaspeed Sky, all those shoes have like carbon plates these days. Uh, and I, I find the nylon plate or the TPU plate, I find it more generous to the legs. And obviously it's less expensive if you were to buy a Vaporfly, probably around $225. This is just $160. Now, like the, the Speed 3 is probably $170, but uh, it's, uh, it's a lot less expensive. However, if you're looking for a race shoe, it's a lot less responsive, I will say. So I haven't bought a Vaporfly because of it, it it's expensive and I know the Vaporfly is more responsive I'm almost I'm always jealous in the middle of a race when I see all the runners around me wearing Vaporflies however I do see the value in a less expensive shoe that can almost do the same job um I say with the key stats it's not not great stability there's some wobble in the midsole uh it, it has decent grip 
it's not the best again this is a performance shoe not like a, a shoe that you're gonna take everywhere and it's overall just less durable than like the invincibles but uh it's pretty good and then for the fit true to size solid uh not as much room in the toe box though i will say it's for like a more narrow foot um my foot was fine though but like if you, I, if you were like a wide foot person i wouldn't get this shoe honestly uh, but when it gets wet, it gets wet. So, like, in Seattle, when it's been raining, it's not so much that the traction slips, it's just, like, the upper, when you get it wet, oh my gosh, it feels like you got, like, a wet, you, like, threw a wet sock in a puddle, and you put it on. It's just not good. But, um, it's, I mean, it's like a sock, though, but, like, exactly like a sock, but it's, like, a responsive sock. But, you know, it has solid heel lockdown, so not much complaining about the fit, but the run... The run test this is this is where it comes in it's like rocket boosters on your leg it's just super fast like when you put these shoes on they're begging you to run it can sustain anything this shoe can sustain anything from short fast intervals all the way up to marathon pace intervals so when it comes to fast stuff this is probably your trusty shoe however with the run like i said there are some stability issues and wobbly issues at low, slower paces so for example i've done a green lake tempo before where you're kind of just, I did like an inner loop tempo. Um, and for the warm up, which is like a two mile warm up, it was kind of wobbly. But then once I got into the tempo stuff, it was bam, just fast. And then it's not as peppy as a carbon plated shoe, like I said earlier, but it still gets the job done and it gets the job done right, which is what you want in a shoe. So it's obviously perfect for speed and a perfect budget shoe. And for my recommendation, I recommend it to anybody who just wants a fast and peppy ride. I recommend it for more like people on the uh like the narrow foot to neutral foot side not for wide footers like wide foot jared uh overall just the lack of stability takes some getting used to but once once you do this shoe is a dream come true but uh, that's pretty much good for the speed shoes these are just a whole bunch of shoes that i've tried pretty recently but um we have one last shoe here i call this category the odd but special and there are only some shoes in the history of running, at least for me, that have been able to fit this category. Odd, but special. They can do a little bit of everything, and they can do a little bit of everything right. So, this shoe, drumroll, I don't know if I could put that in the edit, but drumroll, it's the Saucony Endorphin Speed 3. Okay, I think it's very underrated, personally. It's, it's unlike many shoes, like the Adrenals, I think the Adrenals are overrated, but the Speed 3s, oh man, they are so underrated. Like, nobody- I don't think many people know about them. Like, if I went to a running store and I just asked for some Speed 3s, people would be like, okay. And there would only be a select people who'd be looking at me like, yeah, that's- that's my boy. Like, those are good shoes. Because everybody else is like, okay, what are those? <laughs> anyway, let's get back to it. So, the key stats here. $170, so $10, uh, more expensive than the Speed 2s. But then again, there's inflation. Uh, so that's- that's America for you. Uh, 7.4 millimeter drop and it okay initially it was sp supposed to be the same role in your training as the Saucony endorphin speed 2 uh because of its uh slick tick sl slight tick sorry slight tick in weight uh and more stability uh people have more used it like as a daily trainer for many and i don't know you could share your thoughts down below if you've ever tried this uh Saucony endorphin speed 3 but 
personally, I find it kind of a, a speed shoe. Some people have used it for a daily trainer. I obviously, if you were to do an all-rounder, this would be my shoe of choice. But I think it leans still towards the speed side, but it's up to your interpretation. But I think what really makes it kind of a daily trainer now is it has some great stability features, especially um, in the sole. And it gets rid of that wobble from the speed too, so you're not like unstable at slow pace places. Sorry, paces. Slow paces. Anyway, this shoe has a nylon slash TPU play. Again, same as the Speed 2. Uh, same traction as the Speed 2. It's it's okay, but it's not great. And I find it more durable than the Speed 2, and you could probably take it in wet conditions more. Uh, so the fit is obviously more stable, like I said. Uh, it's a great heel lockdown, personally. And it's better in wet and cold conditions, like I said. Uh, I also find the sh shoe a lot more flexible and more secure. And it's just begging you to run when you put your shoes on. And the run, it's very similar to the Speed three, or Speed 2, sorry. It's like a bike with many gears. It can go slow on easy days, uh, and it has a decent long run shoe, I, although I would pick the Invincibles again. But the Speed stuff, oh man, this is where the shoe really comes in. You want to do some tempo runs, some threshold runs? Check. You want to do some mile repeats? Check. You want to do some 400s? Check. You want to do cross country? Check. But obviously, preferably for cross country, you want to get a spike. But uh, for the run, it's just a jack of, jack of all trades shoe. It's kind of a jack of all trades master of no, you can do everything in this shoe, but the big question is, can you do everything well? And I think that's up to your interpretation, but I think an even more overarching question with this whole idea of running shoes is, can you find what works best for you personally? Hope you enjoy this episode of the Sunday Shakeout. I love talking about running shoes. I think it's a very fun episode to make. Uh, share my thoughts and opinions on some of the hot topics, uh, hot running shoes in the world right now. But of course, I'm no expert in the field of running shoes. I think that if you really want some running shoes and you really want to instill some motivation in yourself by getting a new pair, you should go to the running shoe experts. I think it's always great to have this base of knowledge, but certainly don't buy shoes solely off my advice. You need these experts from Fleet Feet and all these other running stores in the community. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sunday Shakeout, please consider following or subscribing to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'd also really appreciate a review of this podcast and possibly even a comment in Apple Podcasts. I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and this is the Sunday Shakeout. Peace out. Peace out.